Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Today's guest comes to us as an accomplished player from the junior career all the way to the ATP. He is someone who has won Junior Wimbledon and the USTA Junior Nationals and was a decorated player at Wake Forest. Currently, he's grinding week in and week out on the ITF and ATP tour. But the biggest reason why I wanted to chat with him today was because of his project that he started behind the racket. In a world where we can feel alone, he's done a great job of connecting humans with each other, whether they're top pro players, celebrities, or just one of us. I know I've been touched by some of the posts on his Instagram account, and I have many friends and colleagues who are constantly referring to the players who are being vulnerable and sharing their story. So today, I'm excited to welcome Noah Rubin to Talk Tennis. Thank you so much for joining and taking the time today. No, thank you for having me. Yeah. Like I mentioned, Behind the Racket really stood out to me, and I was really shook when you started it, and I thought, no one else is doing this in tennis, and it's absolutely amazing. I kind of wanted to just start with what's your why and how you got into it. Yeah, I always knew I wanted to make a difference. I didn't know how, I didn't know where. Obviously, I've dedicated my life to the sport of tennis. So right. I thought, why not tennis? Why not sport world that can in the end affect more people than just the sports world? So I was also thinking about, you know, with my few years on tour at the moment, I was thinking about all the issues that tennis players are dealing with that are also leading to some true mental illness. And, you know, from being on tour, from being a part of it, I'm like, we have to help the players. I mean, that's first and foremost, we have to help the players that are making the sport incredible, that lead it to fans enjoying it and everybody else coming together. So, you know, I I was a little jet lag one night coming back from Australia (laughs) up at three o'clock in the morning and it just sparked. And within three days, had the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook account, already trademarking it. The URL was in my possession. And I had my first post up of myself, of course, nice. just to show people that, you know, uh, I'm a part of this as well. So I was just didn't know how I was going to, you know, resonate with people. Didn't know how players would take it and, and if they would take it personally. But it's been a pretty cool ride so far. Yeah. Now talk me through actually posting that very first post. Were you super scared? Because I know I am on this journey of trying to be more vulnerable and be open. And honestly, that's when I'm connecting with people is when I say, hey, I'm struggling with this. And I find out, oh, so are you. Cool. We're human. We're sharing an experience. But I know even myself who does try to be open can be scared to post the real stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, I, I did this because I'm not that scared of that. I mean, I knew awesome. I'm at, I was at a place where um, I was definitely open to being more vulnerable. I wasn't scared of how people interpreted it or, or how they saw me after that. Um, but I did get a little bit of backlash because they're like, it, it, you're not open and opening up enough. Like this is like <laughs> a, a few months later, like, well, we saw your first post. That's just not enough. So then I did a second one right. later on that was definitely a little more open than I've been in, in, you know, in the public eye in the past. So, you know, I was doing, you know, what I thought was right at the time. But again, mm-hmm. people were like, no, we, we need, we need more. We need you. more. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. I, I, and again, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to change is this culture that when a player gets in front of a camera you know they put on their media face you know totally. they're very pc which is fine and then you know it makes sense because you know we're at a point in time right now that everything can be skewed one way or another but i'm trying to be way more open with 
I'm an open book at this point. So any interview I'm in, I'm trying to answer all questions as honestly as possible because I think that's important for fans to relate to the players. I think we need to be in this new day and age where you are feeling like a one-on-one connection with that athlete. And, you know, that's why I think Behind the Racket has done so well is because they're, they're talking to another player. They're not talking yeah. to the media. So they feel this comfort. I have no ulterior motive. I am just letting them share their story on whatever platform is necessary, whether it's they're writing it out to me, whether they want to have a face-to-face interview over the phone, whatever it is, I'm giving them the opportunity. So, you know, again, it's been, you know, I feel a huge responsibility now um, <laughs> to keep it going because people are thanking me for what I'm doing, the players involved and now I feel like this is something I have to do, which again, I love and I love being the pioneer of it. Yeah, it's really cool. And the more I researched you, the more I realized you are a go-getter for sure. You <laughs> like to get your hands in a lot of things and be successful. And I can appreciate that because I have a very similar personality and it's nothing's ever enough. And it's like, let's just keep creating and doing stuff. So that is amazing. But do you feel like there's a bit of a pressure on you? Well, you did just say that there is a bit of pressure, but I almost feel like you're a bit of a voice for this generation of players and even former generations. You've posted about players who have passed away. You've posted about everything. So you actually are a massive voice for tennis right now. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what was going to come of it. Um, you know, especially with, I did the post about Jolene and, you know, and she, she passed away now since then and her husband saying this was one of the things she's wanted to be on. And, you know, that, I mean, I have no words to explain what that meant to me. I'm getting goosebumps just talking say, about it. I know it's, you know, for me to, to have an idea in my bed and now not, I don't want to say it's a dying wish, but for, you know, one of the last things that she wanted to be a part of was behind the racket. I'm like, what, why in the okay. world? And, you know, through situations like that, and then having like a, a tennis sangrin where he hugged me and said, I've never shared the story before Darian King, who I was very good friends with, but I never knew his mom passed away. Yeah. And I was like, wow, we really have to connect to one another <laughs> way, way more on a deeper level. And, you know, obviously that's what, you know, one of my inspirations is Humans of New York, which is the online account um, where they go through and talk to New Yorkers. And I was like, I I have to do a better job. We have to do a better job. And again, I still get goosebumps thinking about all the things. And, and uh, it is definitely a responsibility. And <laughs> But at the same point, it, it means the world when I can affect at least one person. And that's why I keep doing it. That's awesome. Uh, do you have players approaching you to post and share? Or are you approaching them a little bit of everything? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's definitely still me going up to them. Yeah. Now, at this point, they're like, of course, I know behind the rack and I would love yeah. to do it. Um, I'm getting out of the 50, no, out of the 100 players I've spoken to, I've gotten about two no's right now. So that's a pretty good ratio. Um, <laughs> you know, the most, most of them are like, you know what, we'll see in like a week or two. I'm kind of busy right now, aka mm-hmm. I want to think about my story. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the others are like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And so it's been, I think they see that just overwhelmingly positive support when they're posting their story, which is a really nice thing. Um, you know, whether it's about on court, off court, you know, whether, cause everybody's like, well, my story is not super serious. I'm like, but it's your story, you know, whatever totally. you want to share, whatever you want to connect with others about it's, you know, nobody can fault you for that. So again, it's been, um, a super positive community, which is really 
tough to do on social media nowadays. Yeah. You know, there's these trolls everywhere that, you know, <laughs> want to put their two cents in. Everybody has a voice, but um, this is just their story. You really can't say much about it. So it's been it's been really great. That's cool. Who has been the person that has shocked you the most? Maybe you've already mentioned a few that kind of surprised you. Is there one that really stands out? Yeah, I think it's the ones that I said already. Obviously, a, a Sasha victory was another story I didn't really know much about God and and then a lot of the non-Americans because I mean, I've known them for a while now, but you're just not as close to the non-Americans. Right. That's how it is. So, I mean, I think it's just understanding that I didn't know a lot about anybody. <laughs> like you think you you think you're really good friends with people, you know, there for ten years, and then you're like, well, I just didn't know that your boyfriend had malaria. I didn't know all of S- X, Y, and Z, and yeah. and that's when I'm like, okay, again, I mean, I, I restated, but we, we just need to connect more because it's it's really sad of the human connection. I, f- I feel like, you know, and, and people have said it before, but with phones, you know, we're connecting more than ever, but also not. not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also not. We're like missing, we're, we're, we're getting the bare minimum more than we ever have, but that next step above we we're definitely missing out of. Um, but I think we're getting to a point in time where people are definitely more open about the talks and mental health and that, and that world. So it's more of a freer open community, mm-hmm. but I think we have to take the next steps. Now, I also wanted to ask, have you seen any comments that have really stood out? Because it's just, you know, it's people, it's professional players, it's celebrities even. You you see comments from everyone. And just even scrolling through a couple of posts, you see parents commenting, wow, this resonates with me because my child's like that. So talk about the comments you're getting to. Yeah, I, I think some of the lighter comments that mean a lot to me are the ones that They'll say, you know, I played high school tennis and I, you know, I don't really, I haven't followed it since. Yeah. But now I saw this post, you know, it just showed up and I'm going to watch, you know, whoever I'm going to watch Ernesto Escobedo play again because my son has a stutter or just resonate with me. And here's a new fan to tennis. And that's what we need. And that's one of the main reasons I started this was that connection to bring a new field because we are, tennis is dying out in certain areas and it's really sad to see, but I wanted to bring this new excitement. So to hear that, that they haven't been a part of tennis for years, but they want to watch the next tournament. You know, yeah. maybe that's it. Maybe it's one tournament, but just to get that little interest and maybe, you know, that person saying he's watching tennis is going to, you know, connect with another one of his friends. And it's just, you need that domino effect. So totally. those have been amazing. But obviously the, the best ones have been like, you know, my, my daughter, or my son has a stutter or they have anxiety or they have something and, you know, I'm showing them the posts that I feel are appropriate, you know, for them to read. And, you know, it's, it's just helped them get through some of the pro I mean, again, an yeah. idea I had in my bed, you know, <laughs> people the way I have, I mean, obviously this is something I always want to do, but you know, to actually have an idea and for it to come to fruition is a totally different thing. And there's so many moving parts, but yeah. you know, if it, if it ended here, I'm happy with, you know, with how it's going. Well, I know I don't know you well or anything, but I'm really proud that you did make it come together and you've done this because it's been a positive movement for sure. And we're here for it. Tennis is here for it. I'm so glad there's an account out there that lets people be vulnerable and really inspires other people. I know I've connected with a bunch of them and, you know, we all have our stories that were not or chapters that we're not necessarily open to talking about. So um, with that, I'm curious who inspires you? Ooh, who inspires me? 
you know, I think I get my inspiration from a lot of fields. And I think that's mm-hmm. what it always, I mean, you know, I, I can't say that this one person had a truly effect. I mean, you know, I just have a lot of moving parts that made me who I am today, whether it's my yeah. mom, my father, um, everybody has affected me in different fields of my life in different facets. And, you know, I'm just trying to keep my ears open. You know, that's what I do. I mean, you know, I'm never content. I'm never complacent. So I'm learning from a billion different people each and every day because I already know that, I'm never the smartest person in the room. I mean, that's, I'm trying to not be the smartest person in the room. So I, again, it's, it's a combination, but I, you know, now being in this world of mental health and, you know, taking part of these galas and, and seeing that, you know, no matter how much I'm doing behind the racket, there are people literally hands-on saving lives. And so there's always more that I want to be doing that I want to be a part of because we know it firsthand. I've been around it. There are more than enough people that need help. I mean, that's that's the time we're at. And then, you know, mental illness is affecting one in four people right now. And, you know, if that's the field that I see myself really, you know, taking control over, I think there's a lot more that I could be doing. So this is a start. But at the same time, I have to be inspired by a few more people to, to yeah. see the next steps. But. Now, I kind of want to dig in a little. And it's definitely one of those taboo topics. But yes. mental health, we've brought it up a few times already. Um, um, have you struggled with mental health issues? <laughs> yeah, it's, an, it's even scary for me to ask that question because no. I definitely have also. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I can't put a word on it. You know, I'm yeah. not going to say depression. I'm going to say there's signs of it because I yeah. don't honestly to this day, I don't really know how to, you know, diagnose myself with that. But, um, you know, about, you know, I had, I had a really tough moment last year, but this year was probably the toughest. It was about four months ago now where I really thought, um, I was going to put the rackets down, you know, whether that was for three, four months, whether that was for good. Um, I was not at a good place. Uh, I was getting text messages from my friends saying, how's Boca Raton a <laughs> retirement, which is probably <laughs> not the best thing for them to be sending me. But, um, you know, which, but like, you know, at the time I, I could handle those things. It was just, I was not happy. I was yeah. not happy with the way my career was going. I was not happy with the state of mind. Um, again, I don't want to throw the word around, um, which is depression because there are people that are truly depressed. And it was just a really tough time period for me. And I didn't know what was next. And this was at the ground levels behind the racket. So it was there, but it wasn't fully there. Mm-hmm. I was putting other things on the pedestal before my happiness. Yeah. And then I switched it and I was like, and I was at a, a state of mind enough to understand that this needed to change now. I, I could not keep going on. It was already a few months where I was not happy, you know, in this has to do with financials. This has to do with travel. This has to do with a lot of other moving parts. But I, I sat down and I was like, I think I have to stop. And in my head, the stopping was, you know, five days to a week, basically. And, you know, I kind of played the French Open, but not really. I wasn't right. really in the mindset to play. I kind of used it as a vacation with my girlfriend, <laughs> to be honest, more than anything. And then I was, after that, I played an hour a day with uh, a 20-year-old, a, you know, a young college player, hour a day barely trained and I qualified for Wimbledon and I was training at, you know, at home in New York. I was putting my happiness first. I was doing what I wanted more with behind the racket with photography and I qualified for Wimbledon. I was like, okay, maybe this is like a fluke. I understand that. But at the same time, like if I could do that and qualify for Wimbledon, um, especially with the final round qualifying being three out of five sets, um, 
you know, maybe I have to start putting my happiness first, understanding that if I'm happy, I'm going to be playing my best tennis, that I'm willing to compete at the highest level. So um, it took a lot to sit myself down and say, no, there's there's serious problems because, you know, everything was going fairly smoothly, um, you know, up until those parts, uh, you know, I was dealing with a lot of injuries and going back and forth in my pro career, but juniors, I was winning a lot as a junior, you yeah. know, there's not a lot of issues. And, and that's always a question I bring up to my friends is, you know, when I see them having problems, when they start losing, I was like, were you only happy when you were winning matches? <laughs> and in a sport where you don't win very often, that's a very difficult thing, you know, to say and to admit to yourself, because again, we don't, win <laughs> right. yeah, you're, there's a better chance of you losing every week <laughs> that's, that's what it is if you finish the year you know 50 percent, and that's pretty good and so yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so it's just about admitting that to yourself and it took me a while but now i'm in a better place but again there's always roadblocks especially in the world that i'm living in and now getting into the business world as well yeah you know everybody's like oh you may you got past that you'll be fine for the rest and i'm like this is a continuous learning process that's all okay. it is so I hit another roadblock and sometimes I can move past them and maneuver around them smoothly. Other times I have to learn again. So it's, <laughs> it's just, it's just the full cycle. It really is. And you know, you are wise beyond your years <laughs> because I know I am much older than you and I'm just slowly realizing these things. So it's, it's just about, you know, how much I was just thrown into the deep end as a tennis player, you're thrown into the deep end. And that's what it is, you know, starting, you know, to travel when I was 11 years old. And, yeah. you know, and I also dealt with a really tough divorce when I was young. So you combining all these factors and I dealt with all of that very well. And then once everything started piling on top of it, you're now like, okay, how do we manage this? Yeah. How? And then it's just, it's saying you need help. It's, it's seeking, it's seeking guidance. It's, it's understanding that, how do I smile today? What do I do to smile? That's not going to mask my emotions, but will just allow me to be happy in the situation I'm in. So it's, it definitely takes time and I'm still not fully there, but I am the happiest I've been in in a long time. So that's great to hear. And I think the things that you're doing are helping get you there. And I do want to let you know, and anyone else that is listening out there that you are not alone. I have spoken to many players at your level, at your age who, you know, early twenties and they're like, yeah, this, this isn't working out. It's like, no, it's just a rough week. It's a rough year. It's a rough season it will be okay. I promise. Like, and do what you did. That's great advice to anyone that is struggling out there. So love hearing that. And I'm, I'm super happy to hear that you're, you're happy and you're finding happiness off the court as tennis players. That's not always easy for us. No, but I think that's a super important thing. Uh, You have to, and I uh, did a behind the record with Fabrice and Santoro. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, you have to get outside the tennis bubble. You have to, it's a must. So whatever it is, whether you're Peter Polanski and you're coding and making apps, whether, (laughs) you know, whether it's just you're a gamer, that's fine. If that's your thing, it is. And, you know, mine started out as photography and now obviously I have this whole big thing. Um, But I'm trying to do as much as I can because we do have a lot of downtime. We really do. And that could lead to some really, uh, how do I say, negative, you know, ways of dealing with it but you know you have to find that that light what makes you happy off the court and what you can do and, and whether that's just going to school getting your master's or what you oh. just have to find it because you know everybody says oh you know you're playing 10 hours a day i'm like i'm not and <laughs> if i did i still have another eight hours to go for the rest of the day so it's it's finding use of that downtime so you don't lose your mind <laughs> yeah understandable now you've mentioned photography a few times and i'm curious is there going to be a photography account separate that's going to be all of your like travels and your photography and talk a little bit more about that 
Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up in the art world. Uh, oh, I was cool. going, I mean, being a New Yorker, you have it kind of at your disposal, but uh, yeah. my, my parents brought me to a museum almost every weekend in the city. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the Met uh, is probably one of my favorite places to go in New York. It's, it's nice. my home. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's just something I always grew up with and, and, you know, I, I started minimally collecting art. I don't, you know, not really necessarily have the money to collect art at the level I want to, but, um, you know, just being in the world. And when I travel, I go to galleries all the time and go to sculpture gardens and everything. But photography always resonated with me because I went to all these amazing places and just wanted to capture the moments and remember them. And, you know, I, I've escalated my photography a little bit and, and I'm trying now. I've recently, this is actually in the past couple of weeks, um, come up with a photo project that I want to do. Cool. Because I think imagery is super important for people, um, you know, to have the words connect with a picture, you know, a picture is a thousand words, that whole (laughs) thing we hear all the time. I think it's really important, I think, to have a picture that hits you hard. um, and And I think I could do it in a way that that connects with people outside of the tennis world as well. So look out for some previews of, nice. of this project in the next coming weeks because um, I, I do have ideas to open galleries in the coming future and, and to have it at some of the events that I'm working on in the coming future. So 2020 is going to be uh, hopefully an exciting year. That's cool. I love it. I love all the projects. I love it. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Can't stop. It's, it's, yeah, it's being a New Yorker. Uh, sometimes it come off uh, super aggressive, but that's because I just want everything. So oh, I hear you. <laughs> now let's talk a little bit about the grind on tour. Um, here at Tennis Warehouse, we actually work with a bunch of players that are in a similar situation to you. So internally, I think we all understand how hard it is. And I feel like we've told that story a bunch, but it still isn't a story that people are very familiar with. And at the U.S. Open, you had some screen time and you Thank were you. able to kind of show the not so glamorous side yeah uh you know everybody sees Federer lifting the trophy at the end of the week uh I fortunately you know I have won a tournament almost every year that I've played and very few people can say that right again what we've spoken about before you don't win as a tennis player you very rarely win as a tennis (laughs) player um and and I think people don't understand you know, definitely outside the world of tennis, they don't understand financial burdens of a tennis right. player. So what it means that you're paying your way through the tour while also paying, I mean, other sports, it's not even a question. I mean, to pay your coach, why would I pay my coach? <laughs> right. my, coach my coach comes with the team. They, you know, they recruit me, they, you know, scout me, whatever it is. And I sign the contract and I'm with them. Yeah. So the fact that we don't have all those foundation level things that people don't even bat an eye out. I mean, we don't have contracts. We don't have the coaches. We don't have the physios, all of that. God. So I'll put that on top of not winning. <laughs> <laughs> and the price of a reel of string. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, and, and you just, and it's very, I mean, like you said, it's very tough to get sponsors. So you're paying, I mean, it depends what ranking you're at, but it's, it's tough. It is yeah. a tough process. So again, if you are not one of the top juniors coming out with that, oh, here's a kid that might make it, you're not going to get the sponsors, even at the low level. And I'm not saying even money. I'm just saying getting free stuff. I mean, people are like, oh, you must be getting you know, 50, 100K a year. I'm like, <laughs> if yeah. that's what I'm paying, possibly, that's, yeah. that may be my expenses for the year. Right. But again, this is this is what I'm at. And um, you know, I'm trying to highlight this because you know, it's it's a problem on all levels. It's a problem for the fans. It's a problem for the people putting the tournament to grow, together. And I think that's why, you know, with my podcast, with Behind the Racket, I'm trying to show people that there's we need change. We yeah. need change now. We need it at a fundamental level where we are 
making this a fan-friendly promotable yeah. sport because right now no eight-year-old is going to sit down, be quiet for three hours and watch a full tennis match and then come back the next day. So yeah. I think this is where we're at right now. And I think this is what we really have to change. For sure. And what are your goals for tennis? And what do you need to do to get you from where you are today to where you want to be? Yeah, goals stem from a lot more. I actually kind of make made a mock season. Nice. <laughs> yeah, because people are saying, oh, it's BS. You have nothing in mind. You're just, <laughs> you're just spitballing. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll show you what I have in mind. And, you know, it's kind of based off college, but intertwining world team tennis in college mm-hmm. while also keeping Master 1000s and Premier events and also Grand Slams. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, this is tough. And I don't think anybody knows who wins 500s and remembers who wins the 250s and especially challengers. So I was say, I no one remembers who won the 60k two weeks ago. <laughs> no, these are tournaments that fans don't care about. It's yeah. just it's just the you know the plain truth. The thousands is where you know like an Indian Wells or Rome, all of those tournaments. That's like right. okay, I'll I'll go watch those. Those are cool yeah. events. So you know it's it's about combining you know a team event that equates to having individual points to get you into Master 1000 grand slams but during these teams events you know they're only three days a week it's friday saturday sunday they're after work hours but they're also combining festivals and you're having kids days and you're having fans screaming like the world team tennis atmosphere so it's combining all the problems that we deal with right now as tennis players why people don't want to be a part of it and changing that and i know i mean this is truly breaking down tennis as a sport and people feel like we're going to lose the beauty of it It's just not true. I think we have to release the antiquated notions that we have at the top of the game and say, this is what we really have to do to change the sport, to evolve, to to build revenue and and to get it on TV. I mean, that's where the revenue is. It's TV. It's all all these TV networks that we talk to right now. And of course, they're going to say yes to Wimbledon and US Open. Besides that, they're like, wait, why would I want to block off 12 hours where it could be five hours or 12 hours and what do i do for the next seven hour and it's just like there's so much up in the air with tennis and honestly it's just a pain in the ass for a lot of these tv networks so it's just changing all that making it fan friendly making it promotable making it fun and exciting for everybody involved and it's scary it's scary to think for a lot of these people that it's a full breakdown of tennis but at the same time it's what we need. It's, yeah. We need the contracts. We need to stay, you know, and, and within this team atmosphere, we would have divisions and leagues where you kind of stay within the U.S. or you stay within the Asia, Australia or Europe or South America. And then, yeah, you can have team finals where you can go to one area, you know, towards the end of the season. But for the most part, you're kind of traveling within your own little community of sorts. And with that, it's just less travel, less grind on the body. And then the biggest part of it all is, the season ends late September. Yeah. You know, we need a break. Yeah. A break. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, I tell a lot of my friends now that are tired. I'm like, you take your break. Yeah. You might lose out in a few tournaments and yeah. you might hate seeing XYZ win that tournament, but we need a break. You know, we can't just have two weeks off end of, you know, Thanksgiving time and then come back and start training in December. We need yeah. October, November fully off and then come back in December. So obviously my uh, mock schedule does incorporate a two-month full break before a preseason training block and that's a must i mean because sometimes i wake up and i feel like i'm 98 years old (laughs) (laughs) yeah tell me about it yeah yeah, i can't imagine um i love it that's awesome and that's something that we continue to hear from several people is that tennis does need something changed so do whatever you need to do to get that push get it in front of the people i think that there is 
a definite need for um, some more voices and younger voices and new perspective being pushed forward. So keep pushing. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely keep pushing. <laughs> now, I had one more question before I wanted to ask you some quick fire things. You have your podcast also. I I've do. tuned into some episodes, really fun banter you have. Tell me a little <laughs> bit more about that. <laughs> well, I always knew I like, I just like the sound of my own voices. People <laughs> like to remind me as, as my family and friends like to remind me, but um, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know if I wanted to necessarily create my own. Mm-hmm. And then I was always um, good friends with Mike Cation, who's the commentary for uh, the Challenger Tour. And, you know, yeah. we got super close with each other. Um, you know, he's had his own mental health issues, mental illness issues, and but also knew so much about the sport of tennis and actually was extremely educated, which I can't say that a lot of, about a lot of people that right. really knew the game and also knew the players involved in the sport. So he had his own podcast that I was on before, and I was like, I really think I could kind of take this to the next level if you want to, you know, break down the name a little bit and have me involved. And he's like, let's do it. Let's let's do it. <laughs> okay. So we started it out and, you know, it's great to have guests on and, and to get that point of view. But, you know, we started it for the banter back and forth, like you said, that really goes into a lot of topics that aren't spoken about a lot, a lot of topics that, you know, people on the streets have questions about and we try to cover all aspects. And whether it was yesterday, yesterday's about just our gratitude towards tennis, because we always seem like cynics <laughs> or it's about, you know, you know, why we have uh, reacted in certain ways and what we're looking to change. And, you know, it's been a lot of fun and, you know, it's given me an outlet to, it's like therapy back and forth with us. Right. And, uh, but again, I see, you know, podcasts are just a great way just to get the, get the word out, spread it. And, and for people to listen, because, there's a lot of time in the day where people have headphones on. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's just another way that people can connect and kind of learn more and be vulnerable and tell their story. So 100%. I'm, yeah, it's been, I know we, I'm loving the whole podcast experience here. So it's, it's awesome. And the content is endless, especially with tennis. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Uh, you know, cause especially once you branch out to a couple other sports, whether cause it's going to mental illness you could talk forever. So we try to keep it short with 30 minutes, but sometimes it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so let me run through a few quick serve and return sort of questions. Oh, no, I hate these are the worst stuff. These ones are more fun, I think, hopefully, because I, yeah, I try not to have the ordinary stuff. First thing, I want to do a little bit of a gear check with you. What are you using on the court? I know you, I think you're possibly injured. And you also had mentioned that you're demoing new rackets. And if yeah. you need any advice, we can help you with that. <laughs> Which I do appreciate. Yeah, you know, I'm demo- demoing a lot of rackets, a lot of string, especially because I'm trying to branch out into a lot of fields behind the racket. So okay. you might be seeing behind the racket string coming up, stuff like that. Yeah. We might, you know, just covering all grounds but yes trying out a lot of things anything in particular uh don't want to share all my secrets okay. right now uh definitely some in the world of head but I- i'm seeing what's my next jump and then you wear k-swiss correct i do i okay. do wear k-swiss but there are talks i am working on having my own my own yeah, launch some apparel I, I launched some apparel that I was more out. just you know seeing you know i just love fashion so just seeing you know my brand out there the way i wanted it to be displayed and for people to just have like a limited line of clothing i thought it'd be cool but 
possibly have about three companies right now interested in, in oh. doing an on-court line of clothing with me, a collaboration of sorts. Cool. Because again, I don't think a lot of companies are doing it correctly and <laughs> not listening to the players and what we want. And also, I think, you know, so I'm excited. So uh, we'll see what happens. Cool. Oh, that's yes. awesome. Yeah, like 2020, it's going to happen for you, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> All the energy going into everything. Um, this is a bit of a deeper question. What yeah. legacy do you want to leave behind? Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, it has a lot to stem with behind the racket. I mean, it's tough not to, but I, I want somebody 10 years from now, even when this is still going strong, to say, this is because of behind the racket and everybody a part of it. I am, there are mental health clinics, there are, you know, therapists and psychologists here and there, and, and this is because of behind the racket. I am more free, I am open. I feel more comfortable and tennis is in a better place now because, and that, that's what I want to leave. Awesome. That's a great legacy. <laughs> okay. We'll lighten it up again. Favorite emoji. Oh, favorite emoji. Uh, it's probably the crying laughing face, which my girlfriend hates for some reason, but I don't use it with <laughs> her anymore. <laughs> uh, what's your coffee order? None. No. I don't drink coffee only if I'm freezing and I get a vanilla latte and people laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's your bar order? My bar order, I don't drink, but I make my own sangria. Oh, so, yes. that I make a summer sangria and a fall sangria, which oh, is nice. the fall one can hit you hard. That one you have to be careful with, but it's delicious. It's like fireball and cinnamon. It's oh. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's Favorite sports movie? Ooh, Miracle. I can... Same. I love it. When they get off back. the line. Front <laughs> and back. I could, I could do it all. Front and back. And hockey is my, my only sport that I follow, to be honest. So okay. That's, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> also, remember that tight ends is a close second, I have to say. Okay, okay. What's your signature shot? Back end online. All day. All day. <laughs> <laughs> what does the best day off look like? I feel like you don't have a day off ever because your mind is constantly <laughs> working. Yeah, best day off ever. Oh, God, that's tough. But I uh, I think, and I say this all the time, but it's, it's a little deeper. I want to match the day prior. So I feel comfortable. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I kind of completed it and then I can, you know, spend time with my girlfriend, photography, go to a museum, um, and also, and, and play an hour of tennis. No matter what, I, I need to play that hour of tennis for it to be the best day. I really yeah. do. Oh, that's awesome. Favorite player growing up? Ooh, uh, probably James Blake. Nice. Probably James Blake. I, you know, I met him and his brother. They were super, super nice guys yeah. to this day. And just, oh God, just that forehand inside out and how he was on the core and the J block. I thought it was the coolest thing. My sister oh, tried right. to um, do the Noah's Ark <laughs> for me. Uh, <laughs> Maybe really, we can still make it happen. <laughs> hasn't really gone off the ground yet, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> Very cool. A favorite current player? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, you know, Monfi is always one that I just love watching. Uh, you know, Ferrer, who recently retired, was one that I just, you know, modeled my game after a lot. I just wanted to have a little more firepower. And uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's somebody that I just always watch matches of. And and then always watching a Nadal team matchup is. Uh, <laughs> <Hot play. laughs> yeah, I mean, whether I quit tennis or not after that match is irrelevant. I mean, but uh, yeah, that's probably probably the top players. Nice. Now make a bold prediction for something that will happen in the next year on tour. Ooh. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think we might see a couple of next gen players, you know, pushing forward. I, I think we could see, you know, more Americans in the top hundred than ever as well. And also, I think, yeah, I think this would be the first Grand Slam winner outside of the top four or five players. So right. uh, I think that could be exciting. Um, but I think there's also going to be a lot of big change in the world of tennis. I think uh, people are starting to understand now the issues going on. And 
yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what's in store. Um, Best life lesson. (laughs) Best life lesson. Uh, You know, besides happiness first, which we talked about a lot, I think it's, uh, is finding the intermediate between you have a lot of time in your life and on tour. So take everything with a grain of salt. It's a journey, but at the same time, have that sense of urgency to better yourself each and every day. Nice. I love it. Now, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to plug some of the things that you have your hands in. So let the yeah. people know where they can follow you. And yeah, so now I made, uh, I have my website that launched with my limited edition line of clothing. So that's kind of where you can find everything between the stories, the blog, the podcast and the limited line of clothing, okay. which the hats are now sold out. I have a few t-shirts left, a few crews left. So definitely get yours because we're not going to do anything like this specifically again. And I think this could be something cool to have for the future when behind the racket explodes a little bit. But yeah, so you can find everything there. And then, you know, from there, you could find my Instagram accounts, which are all behind the racket and Twitter and Facebook, which uh, I'm definitely more prevalent on, on Instagram than anything else. But I think the website's pretty cool right now, and that's a, a good place where you can leverage off from there. So yeah, the website looks very clean too. <laughs> I appreciate it. It took yeah. some time. It took some real time. It takes time, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We wish you nothing but the best. It sounds like you are going to be one of the people in our future making a lot of changes. So really appreciate putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and kind of leading the charge. Oh, thank you for having me today. Of course, thank you. That was a super fun episode to record with Noah. So thank you guys so much for checking it out. I also wanted to give you the opportunity to win some free tennis swag. Get excited. All you have to do is simply subscribe, rate, and review. And give us all your feedback on the podcast. What you like, what you don't like, who you want to hear from. Let us know. And then make sure you either include your Instagram name in your comments or take a screenshot of your comments and then email that to podcast at tennis-warehouse.com and you'll be entered in to win some free tennis gear. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, happy hitting.